reached the Entertainment Hotline, a chatter podcast. Listen as celebs dial in to chat with Anita Annabelle, chatter.com.au and Media Week's Head of Entertainment. Dial 1 for movie stars, dial 2 for streaming stars, dial 3 for TV stars, dial 4 for music stars or press 0 to speak with the star of the show herself, Anita. Hey, it's Will and Woody from The Drive Show, Will and Woody. Hello and welcome to the Entertainment Hotline. I am your host, Anita. In today's episode, I chatted to radio duo Will and Woody, who you may recognise from Celebrity Apprentice and Woody in I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And of course, their national drive show, Will and Woody. Back in April, the pair were named number one in the radio ratings survey, achieving the number one national drive position. The guys chatted about all the feelings that came with the success of their show, how they got together as a duo, including how Aussie TV personality Steve Vizard found them, as well as revealing the sneaky way they recorded their very first podcast over a decade ago. After listening, you're going to want to set up your very own Will and Woody shrine. It was an absolute doozy. Will and Woody can be heard on KISS 106.5, KISS 101.1, KISS 97.3, Mix 102.3 and 96FM and a number of regional stations across the country, plus via the iHeartRadio app. Here's Will and Woody. It's a real subtle it. flex, isn't it? It's Not such so a subtle, subtle flex. <laughs> I, it, literally at F45, everybody knows how bad I am at pull-ups. Like, I am terrible. Yeah, right. Okay. Anyway, yeah, are so you at them? No. Uh, no, that's, that's just there for the look. That's just there for these moments. I never use it. <laughs> oh my god that's so funny well this is this is such a like i was just saying to you before we started recording this is literally such a, a kind of weird moment for me because i met you so many years ago before you started this show yeah. well literally at the beginning of your career on kiss mm. which mm. is which is yeah. so cool to see how far you've blossomed um blossomed i sound like your mum <laughs> my children have you blossomed <laughs> <laughs> Number one radio show. You've both got partners, fiancés, babies, babies, babies. <laughs> been on TV. It's been such an amazing ride. But, like, congratulations yeah. on your huge, huge success. So, number one, let's let's start with the whole number one thing because that is, oh, come on, guys. That is amazing. Congratulations. So, how did it feel? I know, Will, you found out first and then told Thank you. Jungle Woody, um, about all about it, but tell me how that felt. Um, how did it feel? It felt, um, yeah, it was, it, to be honest, it was actually really weird because Woody was in the jungle. So it was quite, it was this moment that we'd obviously been, you know, sort of, um, not, I, I was going to say working towards then, but I, I think that would be, I think that would be wrong. Um, I think we're both pretty good at knowing, you know, that, you know, I think we're both pretty good at setting a horizon and then focusing, not focusing on it too much, but knowing that that's what we're getting to. Uh, so when it sort of happened, I was, yeah, I, I, I think I was surprised, I was really shocked, surprised, and then felt a bit weird that I couldn't share it with Woods. Um, oh. but we, but, um, but then, you know, obviously got to see his reaction in the jungle and, and, and it was really special. But yeah, I mean, ultimately when you, um, yeah, like I, I think I got a bit emotional about it because, yeah, as I said, we hadn't necessarily been consciously focusing on it, but you know, the truth is, 
you do want to be the best show you can be. So obviously having the number one spot's kind of a goal for any show. Well, well it should be anyway, um, without dominating you. So it was, I was quite emotional because it's probably been 10 years we've been doing this now. So it's been a long time coming. Oh, and Woody, in the jungle, man, I loved watching you in the jungle. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so I much. I loved Anita. it. You know what? You know why I loved it? I just loved like I, we get to know you through the show and I miss a lot of the shows cuz I'm usually working, but if I'm in the mm. car I get to hear you. Yeah. But I think it was just getting to know you as a person and letting Australia see who you were and like have that Oh, it was just such a it was such a good what that was a great season. Great season. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Anita. I appreciate that. <laughs> but then hearing that you got number one in the jungle, like talk me through that moment. Good lord, there were tears. Yeah, no, that was uh, just Will touched on it. It was quite emotional. Um and it was interesting. Like I, I went through a similar journey to Will. Like obviously when I heard the news, there was elated emotion. Um, I was just so happy uh, that we managed to, you know, get something that, as Will said, it, it wasn't like it was our main motivation doing radio, but it's it's a nice sign that you're doing a pretty good job if you're being acknowledged as the number one show. Um, and when I was actually in the jungle, um, a lot of conversations around goals and what what everyone's motivations were came up and, I, I always found that question quite difficult because I sort of said like I am currently in a situation where I'm already kind of living the dream in that I get to do a radio show with Will five days a week. Um, but if I had to force a goal for myself over, you know, this year and the next few years, it would probably be to get the number one drive show slot. So it was a pretty extraordinary moment when I shared this with everyone in the campsite and then for us all to hear that. No, I right. I didn't know that. that. That's yeah. crazy. Oh, that's the response. Hence why, exactly. That's why they all got yeah. so happy and quite emotional because they yeah. knew Yeah, because I was like, fuck, they're getting around you. What, like, yeah. I had no idea that you, you'd literally said to them a couple of days before. Or how many yeah. days, how, how long before? I, I reckon I had a really long conversation with Liz Ellis, uh, like two or three days before that, just around, wow. yeah, being the number wow. one drive show would just be a dream and that's something that you know it's not my total motivation but it's something that i want to work towards so then yeah literally days later to go we're the number one was it was it was quite surreal actually it was almost like did somehow the producers know and they extracted that information out of me and you know is it even real it was it's a, it's a bizarre experience obviously mm -hmm. being in the jungle like that it's just it, it, the whole thing's a surreal experience so that was really special um but then like i said it was it was it was followed by like a, a hint of sadness that I couldn't have heard that news with Will because, you know, it's been a journey that we've gone on together. And speaking of that journey, like, Anita, when you met us, I I hope we came across as nice people because I would say at that time for both of us, that was probably the most stressed um, and I'd argue hardest time of my life, I reckon, when we first took on this drive show because we were of the impression that and this was supported by uh some numbers and some feedback that the show wasn't where it needed to be and we know the radio industry can be so fickle so i feel like there was a good six month period there where every every monday i would go into work and i would have a thought in the back of my head of we're going to be dragged into an office and we're going to be fired 
Like this is this is where it's all going to finish, and that just added a whole bunch of yeah stress to my to 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 both of our lives. So to know that we went through that and just continued to do as good a job as we could and tried to still enjoy the fact that we got to just hang out and try and make each other laugh, you know, for two hours every single day is, yeah, really special. And I think it's nice to reflect on that when we have now got to the the number one spot. Well, you'll be very pleased to know that I was very chuffed to meet you at the time. And, oh, and good. <laughs> you were very nice. I did, looking back, maybe you were, maybe I just thought, oh, they're overwhelmed. They're meeting all these yeah. people. They're meeting, you know, colleagues that they've not met in other mm. states. You know, yeah. it was... But for everyone listening, mm. we met at the iHeartRadio. Sam Smith had come down to Australia for iHeartRadio. I was working for iHeartRadio at the time with Noz McNozington and you oh, yeah. guys, yeah. <laughs> Nozzy, <laughs> and you guys, you know, had just started. And and I would mm. never have known that. So to me, you've always been very humble, down to earth, funny, funny guys. And, and oh, thank you so nice. much for sharing that because that I would have had no idea. Thanks, Anita. Oh, I, had, I, had, I had shingles. I would have had shingles at that time as well. Like, and, and, and for anyone who knows shingles, shingles is just, it's a breakdown of your entire immune system due to high stress. And I, I was, I, I had that at that time as well. Just a, just a, which, which I think is sort of like a perfect, um, well, a perfect example of where both of our headsets, I mean, I mean, mindsets were at. Headsets. <laughs> We live and breathe radio. Yeah, we, we live and breathe we're radio. Really, we were just, we're really I'm sure you remember that when we were walking around with our headphones on, you know, just to, you never know. You never know. Plug me in. <laughs> I've literally laughed so hard that I went silent from laugh. Like my laughter was silent. That was so funny. Headsets. Yeah, yeah, that's where your headsets were on. I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, no, and that's, that's, I mean, that's the beauty of, I guess, <laughs> seeing you guys evolve and and what an amazing journey that you have been on but i guess like for anybody listening who's just meeting you i guess in the last year because if you think about it i think you know drive radio is a very kind of niche kind of thing for people to listen to not everybody can listen to it um and so they're kind of meeting you on celebrity apprentice they're meeting you in the jungle they're now meeting you through a number one drive show <laughs> but how did your journey together start we were at school together um and then yeah we just 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 you know um good mates at school and um i suppose from there well to be honest actually we talk about this all the time because we both went to a pretty um we both went to a pretty privileged boys' school in Melbourne, um, and it was kind of, to be honest, like a, 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 a real like. I still got we've still got school friends from school, but like there are a lot of tosses and a pretty toxic masculine culture that sort of come out of the school we went to. Um, so we, I think we both went to uni, and like you know, as Woody said before, if you had a us there, I hope we were nice. Um, I can guarantee you, if you had met us after we left that school, we wouldn't have been nice. Like we were like real bona fide fuckwits. Um, we used to roll around in, you know, Polo Ralph Lauren attire, and like it's it's kind of scary to look back on that and think about where we were at that stage of our lives. But effectively, um, I lost I lost a bet with a friend of mine at uni to go and audition for uh, the Law Review, which is like a comedy sketch show. Um, and, um, which is like just hosted down at this pub in Richmond called the Grand Central. And I, uh, 
yeah, rocked up to the audition in, I think I rocked up, I know, I know what I rocked up in because I got called this for the rest of my time there. Um, I rocked up, um, wearing a Gantt jumper. Um, mm. and which is for anyone listening, uh, American nautical attire. Um, and, um, I rocked up wearing a Gantt jumper and, um, they, I rocked into this room of, of people who are now, you know, writers and comedians, you know, a lot of them famous writers and comedians or, you know, like very, very accomplished writers and comedians who were not from where I was from, did not go to the school I went to. And they, bullied, but like schoolboy out of me, um, which was honestly the best thing that could have happened to me. Um, cause I went in with some pretty, pretty hectic ideals and views in the world. And, um, they were, but just like, that's just not the way that people speak to each other. That's not how people view this thing. And, I had this great experience doing the law review and it was a great sketch show. And then Woody came and watched, uh, one year and I kind of conned him into, uh, auditioning the next year. I was like, you've got to come and audition. Um, and I think, uh, just on the theme of, um, private boys schools here, Woods, uh, you nearly missed your audition because you were hanging out at either boutique nightclub in, um, South Yarra or seven nightclub in and around the same areas and having too many raspberry vodkas till three o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Right? And probably similar vein, you probably rocked up to the, rocked up to the audition wearing it. Um, and then we both, yeah, we both got into the show and I know we, we still talk about those people that were around us then as, as really some of the most formative people in our lives. Cause wow. they basically were just like, you guys are idiots. And that's just, you know, here's a whole nother world of ideas and thoughts and comedy and all this sort of stuff. And, uh, we just got really lucky. We were doing the stage show and Steve Vizard, you know, who's obviously a massive, massive figure in the media for a really long time, rocked up and just saw us on stage together and was like, guys, you've got great chemistry. You could, you could do that for a job if you want. And I think a month later we were, we gave a demo to Fox FM and we were doing late night shows probably the, the week or two after that. And that's, it's kind of all she wrote. We just sort of said yes a few times and then we were in Perth and then we were back here and then. Yeah. I mean, like, I wish it was, I kind of wish when I meet people who want to get into radio or who, you know, love the show and like, how do you get there and stuff? I really wish I had like more of a war story. I can give you the war story. And there's, 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 there's a bit of, there's some war in there. We, so we, oh yeah. You want to throw the war in? Where's yeah. The war, the war is uh, like, we, we had a very, um, I'm going to say an easy run, an easy run into our late night show and then into our national weekend show. It was all happening too easy, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got sacked though. Here we go. Here comes the war. So we got sacked at the end of a year of our weekend national show. And then we kept our passes for Fox FM so we could still get into the station. Oh, yeah, a bit of war we, here. Yeah. A bit yeah, of trench warfare. This is a bit of trench this warfare. Is, this so, is real behind enemy lines gear as well. This is a good war story. Yeah, so we used I'm to banking sneak. it. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> we used to sneak in late at night with our passes and go and report. to SCA. To SCA, that's right. We were banned from going in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so yeah we kept the, our passes. Sorry. We'd go late at night. We'd go to the Coles, get some snacks, and then we'd go into a studio and we would record a podcast. And we were still friendly with an audio producer. Um, I won't say his name just in case he's still affiliated with SCA. <laughs> But he would help us out taking that recording and putting up a podcast. And this was kind of before or was probably right at the start of podcasts becoming popular. 
like mm. podcast definitely definitely wasn't a huge thing back then but we just thought we've built up a an audience a, a small audience at that stage but there's still an audience so we'll give them a podcast so there's still a touch point there and then after we recorded that podcast for about five months um we got in touch with nova uh and we had we we're having conversations there about maybe doing a weekend show on nova and then as soon as that conversation happened sca reached out and offered perth breakfast we were, we recorded the the podcast and then um yeah we're kind of like out in our own there I, this is a good war story woods actually because i well done i'm glad you you brought this up because i it it, it you know, in hindsight, I just thought it was just like a, you know, blink and here we are. But I remember, yeah, we obviously weren't getting paid at all. We have no income. So we're sneaking into Fox at night, you know, given that we were in there, of course, we were rinsing the beer fridges and just enjoying ourselves. But because um, it was it was the only place we could probably afford beers as well at that stage. We would have been like 21, 22. Um, and then we'd go down and have a beer, do the show. And then I would, I I edited myself the the podcast into a show reel into a demo tape mm. which we gave to nova yeah and then we sat down and did a demo with um sash who's obviously Husey and kate's producer forever in a day mm-hmm. um and um yes they they offered us a weekend show and then as soon as sca found out about that this is where you got up to woods we um yeah they were like would you like to go and do perth we don't want you going to nova so we were like yeah sure we'll go and do perth and yeah. Did yeah. you then say, oh, yeah, by the way, we've been sneaking into your studio? <laughs> I don't know if they know that. I don't know. I don't well, know if that's, a, if that's a known thing. I mean, you work yeah, for our end now, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> now they know. Now they now know. Because they know. <laughs> that is going to be my lead story. <laughs> I mean, it was when you were 21 and 22 years yeah. old. I mean, that has. Yeah, take some, take some balls, guys. Takes yeah. um bolds to sneak into a radio station, use the equipment, then use it to leverage. I mean, that is wild and also smart. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it was Yeah, I, I, was. I, I wouldn't call it smart. Smart I'd now. Was, smart now. I definitely it's worked it was, out. It was definitely, yeah, there were, I reckon there were some balls to it. But I think the main thing was, and it's funny, our story, as Will said, when people ask us how did we get into radio, I think sometimes the guilt is that we didn't really study radio. We don't have media degrees. We just sort of, we did a stage performance and then we just started recording and then we were into it. Um, yeah. But I think the one lesson people can take from it if they want to is just just do. You know, I think a, a lot of people can worry about what um, what can I be learning or what course should I do? And that's not to take away from any courses that you can do, obviously, for, for radio. But I think our thing has always been, well, let's just do. Let's just mm. keep creating. Um, and I think that's sort of that always gets you, you. You learn fast when you're creating, I think. yeah. You were preaching to the converted. I did uni twice. I did uni yeah. when I was 18 and I did uni when I was 29. And I didn't finish either. And now I'm yeah. head of entertainment at Media Week. Like it yeah, is about go. doing, it is about yeah, experiencing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sometimes, you know, if you have that natural ability like you guys do, sometimes that's the way to do it. It's the only way to do it. You know, some people are not book smart. So just get in there and create. I completely, completely, mm. completely agree with you on that. Mm. Also, cool that you – it's funny how talking to the two of you, you both kind of have – obviously, because being different people, you're not like Will and Woody, like you don't walk around and say, hi, I'm Will and Woody. But you 
Careful. I mean, like, we were joking with some friends about this the other night. We do own houses less than a kilometre from each other and our babies were born within three months of each other. So, like, it's it's all it's, it's pretty scary how, how mm. intertwined our lives are sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is, it's really cool that you guys are intertwined. But it is interesting to see how you have such different perspectives, but you come together as a duo. I love that. Yeah, I actually think you've hit on the exact reason as to why, yeah, the, the, the chemistry in the show does work because sometimes when you look at Will and I in isolation, we are quite different in certain aspects as to the way we are or the things that we're into. But I think that's what creates the texture or chemistry between us. We're actually, we're not exactly the same. Of course not. If, if, and if we were exactly the same, it just wouldn't, yeah, create, um, yeah, I think texture is the right word to our conversations. Like we know whatever we bring up, Will's view on something will will often be quite different to the way that I've viewed something. But underneath all that, like we love each other as well. Do you know what I mean? And there's other people like I, you know, sometimes if people are so different, they find it hard to get along. Mm. And I think the beautiful thing about Will and I is sometimes I look at us and go, we really shouldn't get along that well but you know what I mean because we you know we have these different interests and different you know things that we like um but we do get along and I think that's kind of the beautiful thing about it yeah it's like yin and yang I think our values often align though like I still think there's like the there's underlying there's underlying form there's like there is underneath the cosmetics of interests and Mm. all that sort of stuff if you really push us and get underneath what's on the surface, you'll find out that we do align in terms of what we value in life and what we what we think is, you know, sort of worthwhile. Yeah. I think if that didn't exist, then then that's where we might have trouble. Mm. But you're right. I think it's a good point. Read the read the texture of the show. You can ask us anything from farts to philosophy. That should yeah. be on our po- that should be on our poster. Yeah. <laughs> from farts to philosophy. It's That's true. the new tagline. I love it. Tagline for 2024. Number one drive philosophy. Fast to philosophy. Penis to politics. We do it all. I love it. And, and, and interestingly, I did want to touch on this that what penis I Penis or politics? Political <laughs> philosophy. A little one? bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Uh, 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 but what I do love is, I guess, that how much of you that you put into your show, like this personal aspect. I mean, we hear all about the babies, Remy and Max. Yeah. We hear all about your partners. We hear all about things that may have happened to your mates. We hear, but we also then hear interviews. We hear so many different things. But I'm curious, in terms of bringing so much of yourselves to this show, was that something that you ever intended on going, we're going to just, this is who we are and this is what we're going to give, or is this something that's organically happened? I would say if I'm speaking on behalf of 10 years ago, Will and Woody, I don't think our intention was ever to um, be a radio show that was so raw and honest and... um yeah yeah i I think 10 years ago it was just like get on air and have fun fun laughs that's all like it was all very surface level but as we matured in our radio careers and i think as we gained an appreciation for the 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 position we're in and the power we have to actually impact people's lives the more we realized that yeah 
it's not a responsibility, but but it actually felt better when we were doing something on the radio show that we that actually helped people. And there's one side of that which is our show our show is really light, it's fun, and I like to think that if you've had a really bad day, you can flick onto us and you're gonna get a smile, you're gonna have a laugh and you know, not not stress or you know, just have a period of time there where you're not thinking about the things that are stressing you out. But I think coupled with that, it's also nice to yeah, just talk about things in our lives that are a little bit more vulnerable. And the hope is, and this this is always confirmed by the response we get, but the, the hope when we share something a bit personal and vulnerable about our lives is that people are also going through something similar or know someone going through something similar. And I think a, a big part of getting through a period of your life when you're feeling really bad or you're going through something tough is the feeling that you're not alone and there's other people who are going through the exact same thing. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I think, um, our, our, our radio show, when it does happen, uh, has, yeah, the ability to do that. And when we do and you, you, yeah, get the response that it has actually helped some people. That's, um, yeah, I mean, that's, that's why we do it, right? You have mentioned this kind of having that platform to share these stories or share these moments that happen. Will, I've never forgotten this, mm. and I know you know what I'm going to bring up. That chat you guys did about mental health was, mm. as someone who deeply suffers very deeply with mental health issues, mm. You have no idea what that does for people, for you to be so vulnerable, and especially as a woman saying this, for a man to be so vulnerable. Mm. And it's, it's, mm. it is something that will probably never, ever be forgotten. So in saying that, mm. I know this was a while yeah. ago, but what was that like sharing that story for you? Yeah. Uh, well, I just wanted to touch, like, just link it in my response in with what Woody was saying, actually, just then, um, around like a duty to use the platform and help other people. Um, I'm kind of saying this with hindsight now, but, um, I think in the world that we currently live in, the greatest way that we can help people on air now that I think about it is by being truthful and being authentic. And that for me now sort of becomes my MO. So I don't actually, I'm not coming into work going, you know, I haven't got like a God complex where I'm coming into work going, Oh, I can't wait to fucking help everyone. And, you know, let them, I don't think, <laughs> I don't think that I do think, as I said, particularly of truth and so, you know, just the word filter, as a metaphor and as a physical tool for people to sort of how they create themselves online, I think leads to a lot of suffering and ultimately makes the internet and um, a lot of media a really sad place um, because you're constantly comparing yourself to people. So, and it's quite releasing and, and, and for me makes me a much better performer if I can just lean into what's actually going on. Um, and so to answer your question about that video, um, that was probably the first time that, um, yeah, I was in a really shit space at the time, but I, it, it, it kind of, it just reached a critical mass for me where I was like, I can't, you know, I can't go on pretending like everything's cool here. Um, if I'm going to keep doing this job, like I can't, if I want to keep doing this job and I want to keep, 
um, being there. I, 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 for some reason, I, I just felt like I no longer be too much of a task. Um, and so, and I, and again, I didn't think about it as I'm sitting down to have this chat with the world. <laughs> um, I thought about it as I want to sit down and have this chat with Woody. Um, and if I can, and again, the, the, the ripple effect or the, the repercussions of that are awesome. And I'm really glad that that happens, but it has to start small, um, and be truthful with the people that are in my intimate circle. And if, and if, and if outside that people are able to, and, and I know that people have benefited a lot from that because people still stop me in the street and, uh, and tell me that that's a, a really cool thing that I did. And then, then I'll, then I'll keep doing it because it's, it's great for so many reasons. It's uh, me being honest with myself. Um, I think that it, and, 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 and ultimately that just makes me a better performer. But then again, I know that other people get something out of that because it gives them inspiration and, um, it, it, it gives them the courage to, to say things. So similar piece. And again, I, I wasn't like, I'm going to wake up and go, Oh, I'm going to share with everyone how shit I'm feeling because I'm going to change people's lives. Um, I wake up and go, Okay, well, the truth is I'm feeling fucking shit at the moment and I can carry on pretending like everything's cool or I can just, you know, look my friend in the eye and just tell him what's going on and just, you know, the fact that there's a microphone in front of me shouldn't change that because if I was in a normal workplace, I would do, I would like to think I would do the same thing. Um, and the fact that that is then, you know, sort of has a magnifying glass on it and is able to be expanded and shared and, and can ultimately help other people is is awesome, but it certainly doesn't start with a with a god complex around feeling like I can help or change other people's lives. I think once you go down that path, you start to turn into a massive flog um, pretty quickly. <laughs> I just think I, I'd like to mention that I do have the god complex, Anita. Um, uh, I force a there's a shrine there's a shrine for me which is in one of the meeting rooms at the office and anyone who works on the show and needs to do the 30 minutes of Woody worship uh, WW as we call it in the office um, but yeah if you can get that down on record that'd be highly appreciated <laughs> I will 100% be worshipping Woody we'll add Woody after this let me tell you <laughs> Well, I'm glad that helped you though, Ned. I didn't know that, um, that was the thing for you. I suppose that's the other, the other part of it as well is it does affect a lot of people. So one great. thing that I have touched a lot, um, about mental health on this podcast, why am I getting emotional? Will you making me emotional? What are you making me laugh? But will you making me emotional? Um, is that what usually happens? <laughs> that's our one, two punch. That's what we do. That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. Cause you're kind of like, am I crying or am I laughing? <laughs> but it is, it's. It, I think someone, and, and I think you both will really, really kind of resonate this when you're in media. No matter what side of media, like I'm obviously, I'm a, a journalist, but I also have a podcast and I'm also very bubbly and bright and all of those things. There's a pressure to be that to everybody all the time. And so mm. it is really important, I think, to really show that side of you. And that's why it resonates with someone like me. Like for me personally, I know that everyone's on their mental health journey that would see it a little bit differently because it's their experience. But for me, it's like watching somebody who presents one way but is really feeling another and that is so common in our space mm. yeah a hundred percent that's the suffering right there that's the that's the issue 
And I, and I think that's what I was talking about with regarding truth. Like I just, I think whether we were working in radio or, or whatever we were working in, I think as I get older, I just see how valuable it is to be truthful and, and be honest. And um, yeah. it's, it's just, that's the cause of all suffering for me in, with an individual is just trying to be something that you're not. And, yeah. um, and, and ultimately accepting that means that you can get closer to yourself, but it can get closer to the people around you, which is really cool. Totally. I mean, our, I, I, I think Woody and I are really proud about the people that are in our team and, and how close we all are and, and how honest we all are. I mean, after I did the bit on air the other day, people filed in one at a time similar to what they do with the Woody Shrine, but they um they came in and pay a little dowry at the Woody Shrine on the way through just to sort of balance out the egos. But um they came in and hugged <laughs> they came in and hugged me. Um, which which is something that again, even if there's not a microphone there, it's just and it goes kind of goes back to what you're talking about at the start, like, you know, how did it feel to be number one? It's like, yeah, look, it's awesome to be number one, but I'm far more proud of the people that we have in the team and I'm far more proud of our relationship and I'm far more proud of the content that we make than any, you know, ratings book where we manage to, you know, be point two higher than another show. Like <laughs> like it's great, but it's not it's not why we do it. Guys, thank you so much. This has been Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on and, and I've learned so much and I'm I'm huge Will and Woody Shrine fans now. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Anita. Thanks for having us, Anita. Thanks for calling the Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle. You can find us on Instagram at the entertainment underscore hotline pod or visit us at chatter.com.au. The Entertainment Hotline with Anita Annabelle is a proud Chatter podcast. 